in my pursuit to be both transparent before the Lord and to establish myself. And then perhaps by the grace of God to lead others, I preach the word of the Lord today and I preach from the book of Ezra chapter 3. Four significant verses if you are at home or in your cars or wherever you may be. These verses are important for you to note a couple of words to even underline, make notations of Ezra chapter 3. And we'll start with verse number 10. Ezra 3 and verse 10. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by chorus in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout, when they praised the Lord because by virtue the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid verse 12 but many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men the elderly men that had seen the first house When the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes. When they saw this house comparatively to Solomon's temple. Those people that had been there. They wept with a loud voice. And many shouted aloud for joy. So one group wept and the other shouted for joy. So that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy. From the noise of the weeping of the people for all of them the collective the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off I'm in pursuit of something today now if you'll just turn your attention to the Lord asking God to anoint you to receive the word and anoint me to deliver it as he instructed let's pray together Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus, we pray. Do your perfect work. Speak through your spirit. Let all the people that hear this word now and the next day and whenever they find this word, let it change them. Let the word of God do something in us that rearranges our entire pursuit, our lives, who we are and what we shall become. I pray it in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. And all the people should be saying amen today. We say amen, 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 amen. I thank you. To those of you who are familiar with this passage, then you know already the depth that lies beneath these most telling verses of Scripture. In context, 
The children of Israel, the Jews, have long since been exiled, stolen, taken captive from their homeland. Cyrus, the Persian king, has united the Medes and Persians. His rise to power was unprecedented even in his own time. A 70-year-long exile has now come to an end. The Jews have found favor with this mighty king of Persia. Cyrus will fulfill the prophecy of Jeremiah to build again the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. Solomon's temple no longer stood and a new one has now been commissioned. I'm moving quickly through this historical event, though it does deserve our intrigue and discovery. But for the moment, I simply want to point out that a new temple was being built by the hands of faithful men. The articles which existed in Solomon's temple are being returned, given back for the purpose of this new place of worship. In step with with God's divine will, Cyrus allows the construction. In fact, he will aid the Jews and the Jewish leaders by sending men and money with the family heads of Judah and Benjamin, with the priests and Levites and anyone else who so desires to go and build. Here's the word that I love. Verse 5 of Ezra 1. And everyone whose heart God had moved on to prepare or to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, they went. Everyone whose heart. It's incumbent upon me to say, Real spiritual endeavors are never conjured up. God uses people who desire to be used. He's not begging the lot of humanity to be blessed or to be a blessing. If you want it, then your heart will make it so. If you want to be an instrument in this kingdom, you'll have to come on your own. There are no drafts in this army. There are no stragglers in this infantry. This is kingdom work, and there will be leaders, of course, but it's an open call to everyone who has a heart to do it. The body of Jesus Christ is by invitation, not by coercion. It is by choice, not by compulsion. I know this may sound somewhat sharp. Maybe my words are a little sharp today. But too many pastors and preachers have spent too much time begging people to go to heaven who have no intention of going to heaven. Too many pastors and preachers and leaders have tried to drag people into relationship, a spiritual relationship with the Lord, only to end up with ceremony and tradition. But God's kingdom, God's kingdom builders, the kingdom workers are defined by their heart and their actions. And none of them need to be solicited to do the work of the kingdom of God. And lest I sound overly dramatic or deemed to be taken theatrically, you you and I have no time to waste. We must get real with ourselves. My pursuit is to be real, to get real with myself and to get real with God. And I'm looking to be a genuine man of God. I'm looking for a genuine spirit. I'm striving to be a genuine, apostolic, Pentecostal, spirit-filled Christian without fraud and without debate. 
Maybe that's a little too sharp. Uh, why, 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 why would we wonder that we've got to get real? This is the time. We don't have time to be lukewarm or wallow in trivial pursuits. These are the final days of the open door to do the work of the Lord while it is day. And I'm looking at the scripture and the open door that we have and the Jews in Ezra 3, their open door. And all those with a desire to work who went to build. The people who left Persia went back home. Those men and women had a heart to do so. Consider that scene. Israel has now been destroyed. The elite taken captive. Jerusalem had been under siege and then emptied out the walls that once stood proud and strong, torn down, broken through. Breaches were everywhere. Those once formidable stones now ruptured with gaping holes. And above it all, Solomon's magnificent temple that arrested the attention of thousands who passed by. It was gone. It was demolished, ravaged, and laid waste by past conquering empires. Even its foundation was torn up. But now Cyrus has given them permission and provisions, in fact. He has ordained a new temple for the worship of Jehovah. He is an accommodating king, hoping to win the loyalty of the Jewish people, a goal he will accomplish. Our text, those four verses, show us something about our day. But the reactions of the older and the younger cover up the underlying truth. Don't, don't get sidetracked by just the reaction. Get, get busy and, and focus on why they were reacting to that. The leaders, the younger and older, saw something that invoked an emotional reaction. But notice, there were no walls erected yet. The original articles had not yet been put in their place. There are no fabric stone or golden cherubims hovering in their proper form even still. Both the older and the younger gave a shout and a cry. Some were weeping while others were rejoicing. Why were some crying? Why were some clapping? Why were some bent over while others were jumping for joy? What was it that caused such a noise so that no one could tell one from the other. I'll tell you what it was. It was the site of the foundation. The foundation held the knowledge of the moment. All that would ever come to be was seen by the foundation. Whatever came after, they knew was set when the foundation was laid. The rest of it that would come was given its limitation or its grandeur by the foundation and nothing was more important to them than the foundation so some of them cried they they were mourning because it wasn't as grand and others were rejoicing because it was the break of a new day some were weeping some were in mourning and some were dancing and rejoicing and the noise of all that happened when they saw the foundation like many of you, I've poured over prophecy. I'm aware of the third temple, the third temple. Every scholar talks about it. Every prophecy teacher, we know it to be true in the Bible. It will be the clear sign of the last seven years of tribulation, which will be in Jerusalem. The first temple was built by Solomon. The second temple was the one found in Ezra, chapter 3. Zerubbabel is the constructor. But if you read the biblical account in history, then you will know 
something happened to the second temple. It will go through a myriad of variations. It will be torn, remodeled, set back up, even expanded. In fact, by the time Jesus arrives on the scene, Herod the Great had already embellished and enlarged this second temple. But the second temple had been in peril many times. History tells us that Jerusalem itself has been destroyed at least two times, maybe more. Attacked 52 times, besieged 23 different times, and recaptured 44 times. From 516 BCE to 70 AD, the Second Temple had suffered at least three major crises and no less than five successive generational handoffs. Articles stolen, replaced. There was reconstruction and expansion. Hellenistic influence mingled with Judaism brought decay. Read it in history. Pompey sacked the city of Jerusalem and took over the temple. Rome rose in power. Historians don't even know how much of the second temple even survived when Jesus came into view. Some say that none of what Zerubbabel set up was left. So the question remains, why are we waiting for the third temple? How could that be the second temple? How could it be that with all of the changes of the second temple through the many centuries of time that anyone declare, can declare with such confidence that a third temple is yet to come. I want to preach to you about it today. I want to tell you because even though there were changes and modifications and reconstruction, the foundation of the second temple was never changed. The number of foundations determine the number of temples because the foundation is the difference of all things. It was not the towering walls that determined the number. It was, not, it was not the roof line or the decor or the attendance or the many conquerors that determined the number. It was the foundation. It was and shall always be the foundation. 446 years of tearing and dismantling and rearranging did not change the fact that the second temple was still the second temple because beneath all that mess, the foundation stood strong. Even with Herod's the great embellishment, even with his massive expansion, replacing the modest 6th century temple with what could only be called a complex, a staggering 35 acre area complex Herod's temple. Herod the Great presented a stunning structure, but he did not replace the foundation. The foundation as small as it was still stood in its place and the foundation, dear saints of God, it determines everything. It was. It shall always be defined by the foundation. You and I are defined by our foundation. Regardless of how you present yourself, there's coming a shaking and those who are going to stand are going to do so because of their firm foundation. And those that are going to fall, they're going to do, be, they're going to fall because of their weak foundation. I preach today. It won't be because you've got insight into the scripture or because you've got trivia about the Bible or because you've got tenure in a church strength won't come by who you know or by what position you occupy in a church it will be because you have a strong foundation come on get real I want you to get real today Take off that mask. Become genuine. De decorating ourselves with fake religious talk is nothing more than sinking sand. You got to get real. Those days are over. We must become doers and not hearers only. I got a, I got a little 
I got a little modern thought in that. Maybe better stated today, we must become doers and not viewers. Now you can watch this, but that doesn't make you saved. You can tune in, but that doesn't make your foundation right. You got to be a doer. A good foundation. It holds you through trouble. And trouble will come. Even Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have strife. You're going to have trouble. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. A good foundation grounds you in triumph. A good foundation will keep the walls in place when everything begins to shake. And if they do fall down, a good foundation is where you can build again. It will give the things that can't be seen stability. And it will keep the ones you love secure. A good, strong foundation. I'm weary with the demands of the decor. Everybody wanting to fix everything up, act like there's something that they're not, and they don't have a strong foundation. A shaking is going on, and it won't be the show that keeps you saved. It'll be your steady walk with God. It'll be the foundation. I'm looking for a strong foundation. David, read in your Bible. He's in distress, and he knew it. In his distress, he knew it. He is being tormented, and he knew there was trouble. He knew that everything was falling apart around him. He knew what really mattered. Strip away everything. Strip away all your worth and all your perceived value. And listen to what David said. He said, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Because everything is built on the foundation. I'm preaching to somebody today. We've spent years decorating ourselves with religious functions to impress ourselves and other people. We want to make our pe- ourselves feel good. We've spent too little time working on things that cannot be seen. And too much time working on things that make us appear that we're right. And if you need a wise man to speak up or speak into this, then look no further than Solomon himself, who conscripted almost 200,000 workers to build the first temple. But of those almost 200,000 workers, the Bible says that 80,000 of them were working in quarries, in the hills, in the mountains, cutting stones. Almost 50% of the people that worked on Solomon's temple were working on the foundation and the stones. Here's the Bible. Solomon had 70,000 carriers and 80,000 stone cutters in the hills. Why? Why? Because the gold overlays and the fine linen of blue, purple, and scarlet, they found their certainty, not when they were hung, not by your appreciation. They found their security and their certainty in the foundation. The decor does not bring stability to the temple. Solomon knew that the sum of what could be seen had its validity in what could not be seen. Mm -hmm. What was hidden was the warrant for what was displayed. The soundness of what could be. The things that could be touched. The things that could be witnessed. The things that could be appreciated. (laughs) Rested on the power and the strength of what was out of reach. And I preach today, we must get back to the doctrine The word of God. The scripture. I say, we know too much about trivia and too little about God's book. We're spending so much time watching the news 
and we don't know about the good news. We're reading about bad news, but we're not reading about God's news. We were never meant to build on practice or programs. That's the modern day version of what the church was. It has all been found wanting. If it took a program or a process to keep you saved, then you're already lost. We're built on something that cannot be shaken and cannot be moved. I want to build my home. I want to build my life. I want to build my family on something that cannot be seen. You won't know it. You can't see it. Anything that's secure is going to come from that foundation. Paul said it this way. And I love the word. He said, now therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners. Here's what we are. That's the Gentiles, but your fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone and whom all the building, watch this, on the foundation and the cornerstone and whom all the building fitly framed together, it grows unto a holy temple in the Lord. Watch it now. Nothing grows without a firm foundation in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. He cannot abide or habitate in you if you have the wrong foundation. Yes. And Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. He said in 1 Corinthians 3 and 11 nobody no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So build, Paul said. Go ahead and build. Build with gold or silver or with precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. Build. Build. Foundation is build. And then he said, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it. Mm. Because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Build. You get to build. Your work will be tried. You get to do the work. You, do, you get to put in as much as you want. Whatever value you put in to your walk with God. That's your part. The materials of your spiritual life are in your hands. Choose the value of your work. Choose how much you want to put into this godly spiritual endeavor. Do it all. Do everything you can or do as little as you want. It's up to you. No one can control you. We'll all be tried by fire. And oh yes, it will. It will be tried by fire. Everything you do will be tried by fire. Some people are working on their spiritual life with wood and stubble and hay. It's going to go up in a minute. But the foundation, oh no, you can't change the foundation. It's the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. That's the foundation. It's here, O Israel, the Lord God, our Lord, is one Lord. It's the Shema. It's what everything begins and ends with. It's Jesus Christ. He is the incarnate God. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus bodily, bodily. It is the gospel which Paul described as the death, repentance, burial, water baptism in Jesus' name, and the resurrection of the Holy Ghost. That is a spirit and filling evidence by speaking in other tongues. You cannot change that. It's separation from the world in modesty, in lifestyle. It's being adorned with a meek and quiet spirit. It's something that refuses every trend of the world. That's the foundation. It's the church of Jesus Christ that knows no confinement, that seeks no validation of men. It's built on a firm foundation. Oh yes, 
Yes, it's not pretty. It's not, it's not glamorous. Nobody wants to talk about foundations. Nobody ever paints a foundation. There's no place to hang a picture on a foundation. There's no place to adorn a foundation. You're not going to get to the adornment of the foundation in this world. But in the world to come, I'm going to talk about it. There's going to be an adornment of the foundation because the Lord believes the foundations are worth something. Yes. I'm preaching this because I know and I've seen it. I'm sorry that I've seen things that trouble me because I know they grieve the Holy Spirit. I've seen the death of a loved one and how it so often reveals the nature of the people who survive them. The foundations, all of them were messed up. Some of them were messed up. One or two were messed up. Nobody knew until the loved one died. And then when the loved one died, everyone just abandoned everything that they believed in because they didn't believe it. They were resting on someone else's walk with God. I've seen conflict and crisis and the loss of things treasured. I've seen the loss of positions and progress stopped. People lost their purpose. And then it revealed the true foundation of those who experienced such things. They went through pain and anguish and some of them stood strong. Everything was ripped from them but they did not waver in their faith. Why? Because the foundations were set. That's what Job's wife said to him. She said when he lost everything, she said, why don't you just curse God and die? But I rise to say, Job had a foundation that was unwavering and he said I came into this world naked and I'll leave with the same but I'm going to bless the Lord I'm going to love the Lord I can take everything from me I'm going to love God how can you do that because your foundation is not determined by what happens on the outside it is firm it is set I'll tell you commitment comes through foundation Devotion, consecration, all of these things with worth, they, they come to the, con, the, the foundation, the, the, the resolute mind in times of trouble. Real people are revealed. The real person is revealed through all of that. Unless I miss someone, even success, yes, gain, it will tell the tale of a strong or a shallow foundation. See, some people find success and then subsequently they lose their mind. And they abandon the very thing that brought them to such heights. They neglect the things of God because they can answer their own dilemmas and they have their own questions and they never ask God for their daily bread. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy. Paul said to Timothy, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. That they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. That's, that's teaching the word. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation, oh my, against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life because everything you hold in your hand, all you that think you have something, you're invested in gold. Now's the time to invest in silver. I'm going to tell you, it's all going to melt. It's all going to burn up. You ought to lay a foundation that cannot go away. You cannot hold the foundation in your hand. You cannot buy the foundation with your money. You cannot, you cannot intimidate people. You cannot cajole your way into it. you got to have a foundation. That's Jesus Christ. And I'm preaching it today. 
because there's never been an hour or a time when we need to sure up our foundations. I preach today strong convictions. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen. Strong convictions are needed more than ever. The knowledge of this word is needed more than ever before. Prayer is needed more than ever before. I just offer this to you. Stop eating food. Only eat food on the days you read your Bible. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. If you do that, then you'll get rid of what we're calling your corona belly. Uh Uh-huh. People got corona belly today. I'll tell you how to get rid of it. If you're not reading your word, don't eat food. But if you read your Bible, then have something to eat. But if you only read your Bible, or only ate when you prayed or read your Bible, I wonder how many people would be eating today. Spiritually minded kingdom workers are in high demand. I'm going to tell you, you're in high demand. And flowery presentations by people who want to be seen, want to be out front. I'm going to tell you what, you're in low demand. And as sure as I'm standing here, I I feel it. No one really is here. I feel the resistance of flesh and carnal minds. So if I say to all of those fleshly, carnal-minded people, the foundations matter, I'm concerned that the word is received by you in moderate tones, as if some nonchalant approach has now entered our discourse. If you nod your head in collective thought, in approval about the importance, oh yes, pastor, that's good, that's right, foundations, but then you get back to what you think is more interesting conversation, or you go back to some intriguing thought you think is wonderful, then you will become shallow and weak the foundation is out of sight but it should never be out of mind instead of reacting to the external we better start rejoicing or weeping because of the foundation there ought to be a reaction to the foundation I don't know what side you ought to be on. Some of my elders, they, 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 they support. They're defending their apologetics for the ancient men that wept because they realized how much was lost. Some of the apologetics of the younger men say there was a day of small things. We should be rejoicing, always rejoicing. I don't know what side you, you are on, but at least there should be a reaction to the foundation. You are acting to everything else, but you ought to react to the foundation. Our good intentions are weak at best. If our foundations are meager, our founding wanting. (laughs) What was it, I ask you, that distinguished the two men in the Lord's parable? The wise man, he talked about the foolish man. Both are building a house. One's on the rock, the other's on the sand. What was that? Luke writes of the wise man that he, and I quote, digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon the house, could not shake it, for it was founded upon the rock. Jesus, notice, he did not change the conditions of the wise man's house or the conditions of the foolish man's house. Both felt the rain. Both houses were beat against. In fact, Matthew wrote that the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and it beat upon that house the conditions were the same same trouble same external pressure same circumstances the difference was the foundation so before you give your collective nod let me just say it's time to stop decorating your image and start digging deep and of course I preach to myself 
Of course I'm preaching to myself. I don't want to be a preacher known for being a preacher. I want to be a Christian known for loving God. Uh, I don't want to turn a phrase or find something really interesting to tickle your ears. I want to stand when everything is shaken. I want to be firm when all the world is being destroyed. And I'm not just preaching to myself. I'm preaching to those gracious people that call themselves a part of this body of believers, this local body of believers. I'm preaching to the family of New Life Fellowship. I'm preaching to you. Stand firm in your faith. Don't be shaken. Get your roots down deep. Don't worry about things on the external. This world is one day going to fall apart. Do not be fearful. Do not be dismayed. Get in that book. Love God. Make your home an altar. Make your house a sanctuary. Make your hallways the aisles. You don't have to wait to run the aisles here. Run the hallways at your own home. Run around your house. Dance if you must. Cry if you must. But there's got to be a reaction to the foundation. Uh-huh. However, just in case someone has tuned in for a moment... Stop by to have a little view of our service today. I want just to implore you. Stop making your pastor perform for you in order for you to be satisfied. He's not a magician. See, weak foundations, I'm going to call you sand people. The sand people, they're sucking the life out of pastors far and wide because they live off the emotion of the pulpit. They love to come and watch their pastors and their praise singers and their worship singers light themselves on fire and burn up every Sunday. This is the hour for us to join in a building and in a and, and not in a building necessarily, but in a rock on a rock. It's revival and evangelism time. It's time for the body to return to the rock. Stop asking and begging and demanding your churches and your pastors to put on a performance. It's time for the believers to be the believers. Are you hearing this today? I dare say there's too many people that come to church for the show. That's why you're distraught. That's why you're confused. That's why you're belittled because you need the fix. I want to tell you, get down in the word. Start building on a firm foundation. Find that the Lord is their chief cornerstone. And I say of that parable that the Lord did not point out the features of the house. He didn't point out the features. Two men, two houses. They were not differentiated one from the other. He did not, the Lord did not consider the size of the houses. There were no differences in length or walls or square footage. The message was and is about the foundation. I say, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. It's a little sad report. That the condition of people's homes, their, their temples, their lives, may not be found out till it's too late. So I say, let's get our foundations right. Come on, let's get our found. Get real. Come on, let's get real. Let's be genuine apostolic Pentecostals. Let's be the same on Monday as we used to be on Sunday. Let's be the same on Wednesday as we are on Thursday. Let our weekends and let our days be the same. Let every day be given to the Lord and let the foundation be strong. Let truth and honesty and purity be part of our lives. See, we don't... We don't talk about foundations very much. We're talking about the carpet. We're talking about the lights. 
talking about the color of the walls we're talking about the decor we notice the chairs we notice if the seats are padded or not we we're talking about the space inside we've long since forgotten about the foundation every house however has to have a foundation every building has a foundation and while all those things are lost from our minds I will tell you that the Lord has always considered the foundations as John the revelator said when he saw the image of heaven before John the revelator before he started writing about the 12 gates of pearl each one made out of one pearl a single pearl before he wrote about them and before he wrote about the streets of transparent gold he said it was pure gold like transparent glass before he ever put pen to parchment about the exterior about the pearl pearl gates and about the golden streets and about the wonder of it all in fact before he he told us that the city had no need of a sun and had no need of a moon before he said that the glory of God did light it and the lamb was the light thereof before he said any of that he said before that I gotta tell you about the foundations they're decorated with jewels and with stones and there's 12 foundations hear me God always considered the foundation I'm preaching it today I'm preaching it today because I don't want to I don't want to be a fake Christian I don't want I, I'm gonna tell you real fake news I'm gonna tell you what real fake news is fake news is not what you you see on the networks fake news is when people purport to have a relationship with God and don't know anything about him I'm working on my foundation I'm working on being steady and strong and you ought to say the same no one is going to shake me I'm not built on a personality oh my you know how many people are built on personalities they're built on religious personalities they're built on something that's shallow they've got faith in the messenger but they don't know the message so I say today, let's get our houses in order. Let's get our foundation set right. This foundation has got to be set on Jesus Christ. And you've got to rise up and say, no one is going to dissuade me. Listen, no economic problem. Do you realize the world could collapse at any moment? Don't have faith in governments. Don't have faith in politicians. Don't have faith in ordinances. This word of God builds your home and your life on Jesus Christ oh right now lift up your hearts and your hands and your homes and wherever you are you ought to stand your feet you ought to open up your heart and your hands and surrender and say Lord today there's something changing in me hear what the spirit is saying today come on right now get real you got to get real say it I'm getting real today I'm putting aside all that stuff all the things I put my trust in and my faith in now. Now, right now, my foundation is going to be set in Jesus Christ. I've got some convictions. I'm working on some more convictions. i got some pathways I'm working on. And everything that I build is going to be built on the doctrine of Jesus Christ. It's going to be built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm building on the name. He's a firm foundation. That's right. That's right. Uh, I feel the Lord right now. 
I feel him speaking to you. Come on, everybody. Rise up. Rise up now. Rise up. Uh, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. That's right. Oh, Jesus. Today's a day of declaration. This is the day of our declaration. It's the declaration of how we're going to live, what we're going to be, what our foundations are going to be. It's the declaration of something that cannot be seen. It's the declaration of your life. Come on, kingdom workers. Come on, kingdom-minded people. you got to have a firm foundation. You can't afford to be shaken by this world. If you're shaken, it means you got to rediscover the foundation. If everything falls apart around you and you lose everything, or if you gain everything, you better have a firm foundation. Come on, kingdom-minded people. Rise up today. Consider where your home, where your house, where your philosophies, where ideas are built. Come on, we're working on it. Make a declaration right now with your hearts open. Come on, make your place, make your home, make your area, make it a great altar space right now. Foundations of my life. Come on now. Come on now. We're going to stop working on the outside for a moment. Start looking down on the inside. Stop worrying about what everybody else thinks about you and worry about what God thinks about you. That's right. Oh, yes. I'm declaring it today. Come on, we're gonna we're gonna see it. There's a declaration about my firm, firm foundation. There's a declaration about who I am. Come on, we're gonna get real. I'm gonna be genuine. I'm gonna be true. Oh, oh yes, oh yes.